You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen. James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where perspective where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. On today's show, we'll be talking with bankruptcy attorney Harleen Miller about some key issues when it comes to dealing with bankruptcy in the workplace. Harleen's going to walk us through a few bankruptcy basics and then discuss with us some key uh, areas of concern when it comes to bankruptcy for both the employer and the employee perspectives. It's going to be a great show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to Workplace Perspective, Harleen Miller. Good afternoon, all, and thanks, Teresa, for this opportunity. I've been an attorney for 29 years, practicing solely in bankruptcy law. 22 of those years as a certified specialist in bankruptcy law, which required a second bar exam. I represent creditors and debtors, those filing bankruptcy, so I have gained a perspective from both sides. All types of bankruptcy filings, litigation, as well as financial workouts outside of bankruptcy. Well, that's awesome. That's a stellar career. How long have you been practicing? 29 years. 29 years. I know. Always in bankruptcy? Always in bankruptcy. That's awesome. I love it. It's an interesting area of the law. You know, I was thinking about bankruptcy and and the workplace, and it really struck me how, from an employer-employee perspective, they really do have, the employer and the employee have a really symbiotic relationship, right? So it's the employer's job to pay. It's the employee's job to work and perform so that the employer can earn money to pay them. So when... Either one of either side of that equation sort of falls down on the job, so to speak. It really impacts the other, right? Absolutely. Financial issues and bankruptcy impact on so many areas of personal and business lives. It really does. It's amazing. And the only real experience that I have with it is um, that from a litigation perspective. So from a perspective of, you know, plaintiff, we filed a lawsuit, company goes bankrupt, and then we have issues. So I'm really excited to learn more about the impacts of bankruptcy on the workplace. And to give us some context before we start today, can you walk us through the various types? Because I know everybody talks about chapters and there's all these numbers related to it, but I'm never sure in my head exactly what they mean. So can you like briefly walk us through that? Absolutely. First of all, bankruptcy is federal law, so the bankruptcy code and related rules are the same for all states, although often interpreted differently by um, the case law. The code itself identifies bankruptcies in chapters. So Chapter 7, which most people have heard about, is usually filed either by individuals or businesses. For individual purposes, the fresh start is there for them. They get rid of debt 
Hopefully, they keep their assets. For businesses, the result is liquidation and closure of the business. So it's very different between personal and business Chapter 7. Chapter 11 is reorganization, most common heard about in the news. Reorganizations usually are businesses, although individuals can file them as well. And the purpose is to allow the business time to reorganize and do a plan of repayment to creditors while continuing to operate the business. Chapter 13, individuals only. It's a very unusual type of bankruptcy, and it is like a mini reorganization for individuals. It allows them to propose a plan of repayment to their creditors over a maximum five years. And it's very helpful where there are arrears due to mortgages or taxes that are due, and those creditors are unwilling to accept payments that they can afford. So it's not a wipeout? It's Well, no, it's not a wipeout in that term. There are payments made to creditors usually not 100%, and at the end of the case, a discharge is granted for whatever has not been paid. So it's a very unusual type of bankruptcy. We do have two more chapters. We've got Chapter 9, which are municipalities. And most of us here in Orange County, depending upon how long you've been here, have heard of the County of Orange bankruptcy, and that was a Chapter 9. There was also a recent, or not so recent, bankruptcy for the city of San Bernardino, also a Chapter 9. And our last one that we don't see too much here in Orange County is a Chapter 12. It's for family farmers or fishermen. So <laughs> did have 12 for a owner of strawberry fields because Orange County was covered with strawberry fields at one time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So much of that farmland's gone. Oh, so right. Sad. It's so sad. Well, I was going to make a joke about the price of fish. No. So I won't do that about how to possibly go bankrupt with the price of fish, but I'm not going to go there. So who can, so we know employers and employees, so individuals and companies and municipalities. I've just totally forgotten about that. Um, and you've told us a little bit about the purpose of that. <clears throat> let's, let's jump right into it. How does a bankruptcy typically impact an employee? Let's start with that perspective. Okay, well, first of all, you need to understand what happens when a bankruptcy is filed. No, oh, well, tell us about that. There then. is an automatic stay that goes into effect, and that's probably the most powerful part of a bankruptcy. The automatic stay is like an injunction. It stops creditors from trying to collect from the person or business that filed the bankruptcy. And it's immediate. As of the day, the hour, and the minute of filing that case, because it stops foreclosures, it stops garnishments, it stops levies. Very, very important aspect of bankruptcy. But does it matter what chapter? Doesn't matter what chapter. There's so. always an automatic stay. Okay. All right. So, and it's in place even if the creditor hasn't received notice yet. It's based on the day, time, and minute of the filing of the case. So everything goes back retroactive. So when you get notice, it might be two weeks after the filing, and then it's got to go back, right? Won't be, won't be that far away, but yes, it's as of the date of filing. Okay. Right. All right. 
So what what else does an employee need to know besides they need to know about the automatic stay? What else do they? Well, what else is important? If an if an employee is filing bankruptcy, obviously the automatic stay for the employee is very important because oftentimes there is a wage garnish, garnishment in place where perhaps they were sued and a judgment was obtained by the creditor, and the power of those judgments is provides that creditor more ways to collect the debt. And this is outside of bankruptcy, okay? So they can levy on bank accounts and they can garnish wages. So that employer is noticed to garnish that employee's wages. And obviously it's a huge impact on the employee. Filing bankruptcy immediately stops the wage garnishment. So in terms of that particular issue, it's important for the employee also, and it's important for the employer to know that as soon as they receive notice about a bankruptcy, they must immediately stop garnishing the wages. Interesting. They I get a lot of calls about garnishments. They get, oh, people get very confused about what to do about them. Can I, I ignore it? Do I have to do it? Yes. Have to do it. You have to do it. And it's an order. When you hear about bankruptcy, as far as the employer, you have to stop doing it. Interesting. All right. Well, that's good to know. What happens when an employee files a bankruptcy, just in their personal life? Because can it impact them in the workplace? I think a lot of people have concerns about that. You know, because they feel like, is somebody going to know? Is everybody going to find out? Am I going to be penalized for that? Um, it is of concern, obviously, for anybody filing bankruptcy. But, And I often tell my clients that are filing a Chapter 7, we don't put a big giant B on your forehead that you filed <laughs> bankruptcy. Um, unless you share that with someone, the only people that get notice of it are their creditors. And yes, there may be a personal loan or a loan from Aunt Susie who has to be listed. But other than that, it's not published in the paper anywhere and people just do not know about it you may have mentioned this but did you say so if an employee files a bankruptcy is there anything that could come besides the wage so if there's a garnishment or something like that's important but can depending on what chapter they file under could the employer find out could the employer be required to take part of that pay like is there a garnishment or something like that not when an employee well, when you know an employee, what I'm trying, you know, I'm getting at like a garnishment, but not a, you know, well, maybe it is a garnishment. I don't know. Um, if an employee files and there's a garnishment in place with the employer, it stops, period, right. the end. There's nothing else that impacts that relationship. Um, if a individual files bankruptcy, it's against public policy to fire a person because they filed bankruptcy. It's against public policy not to hire someone just because they have a bankruptcy in their history. And so, um, except where maybe the individual uh, employee is dealing with cash or payroll or uh, maybe working for a bank. There, that might be a sensitive issue with that kind of an employer. But otherwise, there is no other impact in terms of the employee-employer relationship. Okay. Yeah, I knew about the public policy. I think that's interesting. It's, you know, we always talk about employment law. We talk about public policy against the state of California, but it, this is federal. So it's against the public policy of the United States to retaliate or discriminate against an employee who has filed a bankruptcy. Right. But I think what I was getting at was there is, is there any way for a creditor to collect a debt by attaching wages? 
Not after a bankruptcy. Not after the bankruptcy. Okay, so that's what I was. That's, that's where kind of we go thinking. back to the automatic stay that stops all collection oh, okay. effort. Okay. Well, from a from a workplace perspective, what are some of the things that might be a warning sign for an employee to look at? Because we're going to start talking about the employer aspect of it, but in a workplace context, not from the employee filing, but the the business is in trouble. What's what are some things that the employees should look out for? Well, usually what they see first is there's a delay in getting paid. Their wages are held. Either there's a week delay or perhaps there's even a couple day delay from the norm. And I think all employees have to be cognizant of this, that even if there's a very brief delay and it hadn't happened before, that this is something they need to keep their eye out for. Obviously, the business itself, hopefully, it maybe it was just a blip. Maybe um, they they didn't they didn't receive anticipated funds timely. Um, but it's important for employees to keep eye on things like this. If it happens multiple times, then obviously they probably would want to try and speak to a supervisor. They might want to talk to other employees to see if other employees are not receiving their wages as well. Um, because a sign of late payments to employees is a sign of financial potential financial crisis for their employer. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's sort of the one question we don't really have a lot of time to answer and kind of the elephant in the room would be that, you know, how long should I stay after I see the warning signs? But it's such a personal decision. I don't think we can really say too much about it yeah. other than to, you know, you have to make a decision and weigh those checks and balances is, is the loyalty worth getting yourself into financial debt but i think you made a good point about keep an eye on it if it happens more than once then that's a bit of a sign you might want to start really looking hard at this and maybe having some hard conversations with the employer and also looking around for other jobs on just on right. the quiet you know that it's not something you need to discuss with anyone even your fellow employees Protect yourself, protect your family, protect what income you need to support your family. Good advice. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to look more specifically at bankruptcy from the employer perspective. So stay with us. We'll be right back. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds. And most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. Or if that resume was from someone who... Worked 12-hour shifts at the recycling company with my dad, who's 72. That taught me a work ethic that I carry with me every day. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone... Growing up where I did, a lot of things could have gotten in the way of my goals. But I learned to push through, and that's what I bring to work every day. So maybe it's time we look beyond the resume and look to grads of life. Discover new ways to develop great talent that are so much more than what's on paper at gradsoflife.org. A public service announcement brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Welcome back. We're talking about some important need-to-know information for employers and employees when it comes to bankruptcy with attorney Harlene Miller. 
Harleen, let's talk a little bit more specifically about the employer's perspective. Um, seems kind of obvious to say, but I would think the main focus for an employer would be staying out of bankruptcy and in avoiding the fallout from bankruptcy proceedings of other people that they deal with. But in your opinion, what is typically the employer's main concern when it comes to bankruptcy? Um, the filing of a bankruptcy for an employer is a difficult one because the filing of a bankruptcy, and, and in most cases we're talking about a Chapter 11 reorganization where they just need time to hopefully uh, reorganize, uh, get new projects, reorganize, maybe reduce expenses, and the goal is to keep the company going. But the problem with filing a Chapter 11 is that all of the creditors, all their vendors, all their suppliers, who are owed money get notice of the bankruptcy. But the chapter, now chapter 11 is the reorganization. So business, they keep making money. They keep doing business, right? Right. right. This we is a chance to just reorganize and catch up. Okay. Yeah. Reorganize, do a plan of how the old clients are going to, all the old creditors, excuse me, are going to be paid. The automatic stay goes into effect. It freezes all the debt that the company owes as the date of filing. And the goal of the 11 is to work through this process, see how they can project income, and propose this plan of repayment. So the difficulty they're faced with is vendors may not be so willing to deal with a company in a Chapter 11. They don't know what's going to survive or not. And if they're providing supplies or services, they've already got a debt that's frozen and can't be paid. They may not be so willing to do that. Many of them will demand COD, cash on delivery, which affects the company's cash flow, obviously. Um, and other than that, the company's got to look for other resources for getting vendors or supplies or anything else. So it is a difficult process. And so in a Chapter 11 situation, they're not creating, how do they deal with creating new debt? So if it freezes everything in place, how do they go about, how does that work if, if they're because they're operating, right? So aren't they, in, in essence, creating additional debt? They're not supposed to be. Oh. <laughs> well, how does that work? <laughs> this is how it works. Ideally, if the company isn't paying or servicing that old debt, now they can operate as, like, as if it were a brand new company with no debt. Anything that's incurred while the Chapter 11 is operating, any business debt has to be paid as it's incurred ah. under whatever terms they can get with these creditors. So it's a regular operating company, but it can't incur new debt on top of what's already been frozen by the Chapter 11. Interesting. And unfortunately, a lot of times the analysis isn't done sufficiently to see if this is a viable enough company to do a Chapter 11. Ooh. And if it isn't and they can't maintain their expenses and they can't proceed timely with the plan of reorganization, uh, the effect is conversion to a Chapter 7 which is liquidation of the company, and the company goes out of business. Well, who makes that decision? Well, oftentimes it's uh, the court and the office of the U.S. trustee that oversees these cases uh, will be monitoring how this company is doing, how the finances are. They are provided reports every month on, on income and outgo so that they can see, well, this looks 
looks like maybe they can work and they've got to do a plan within a reasonable period of time. And if they linger too long in the Chapter 11, the Office of the U.S. Trustee is going to file a motion to dismiss or convert the case. Oftentimes, the debtor's counsel, which is also a bankruptcy attorney who's there to protect this company, will monitor these things as well and have very, very strong discussions with the owners of the company that this isn't working. I don't see any progress. I don't see how you're going to do a plan of reorganization and make a recommendation as to what to do from there. Now, I might put you on the spot, but it just occurs to me. So if that's the case, what if it was like some huge company that was a, you know, a huge employer had a big impact on the economy, you know, if it were to go under whatever, do when they're making those decisions, do they take that stuff into those types of issues into consideration? Or is it more or less about kind of the things that you mentioned? Well, I'm not sure who the they is that you're referring to, but all of the the they, the, 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 the people that, you know, Looking at it and making those decisions as to whether or not this is should be a chapter eleven or a chapter seven. Yeah, by and large, it's it's the company itself, it's the bankruptcy attorneys and advisors, it's the office of the U.S. trustee, and yes, it does hurt. It hurts any company that closes and can't continue. But um, the decision, just because oh they're employing so many people, we can't let this happen. Where are you going to get the money? to do a successful Chapter 11. That's the down, that's the bottom line here, unfortunately. That's interesting. What an interesting analysis. Well, can you tell us, um, so are, are there any specific tips for employers? Tips for employers, be on top of your accounts payable. Be on top of your accounts receivable. Even if people are paying fairly on time, You should be monitoring these all the time. You should have someone who is really watching these. Try and get better terms from from people who owe you money or, or you owe them money so that it helps with the company's cash flow in the slow times. But... And also doing your due diligence on who you're providing credit to. Uh, it doesn't. It's not necessary to give everybody 120 days to pay. That's that's a huge period of time for a company. Yeah. So it's really important to keep monitoring this. And just because you've had some good times, you should still be constantly monitoring the money coming in and the money going out. Okay, rich as we call it in my family. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in our remaining, I think, minute or so, can you share with our listeners your two biggest takeaways from today's program? Well, one that I didn't mention was don't don't be afraid, either employee or employer. If things start going bad or if you are uncomfortable about something, consult with a bankruptcy attorney. Many of us offer a half hour no charge consult, and it's not a lot of time to just get the information you need for a company kind of feeling that, gee, things aren't going too well, get an analysis from a good qualified bankruptcy attorney so that it's not a, oh, we have no choice, that you've got time to think, time to plan. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Harleen, I want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Thank you. It was some good information, and I think it's going to help people out. And I just thought it was kind of informative. I didn't know much about bankruptcy, and now I know that much more. So if you want to learn more about Harleen's bankruptcy practice, you can find her on the web at harleenmillerlaw.com. That's 
L-E-N-E-MillerLaw.com. You can also connect with Harlene via our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast and click on episode 10. I want to also thank our listeners and my angel, uh, my radio angels, James and the Nave at Night, and as well as Workplace Perspectives team extraordinaire, our engineer and producer, Paul Roberts, with our music provided by the very talented Stephen Versaloni. I want to thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective, and until next time, keep raising the bar. There we go. <laughs>